the Hurricanes are two and one through three games. Um, this is exciting. The the you know a tough loss in Detroit after getting a big opening night win, a really disappointing effort against the Red Wings uh, in the second game of the season on Saturday. Um, really, you know, a, a, there was a lot to bounce back from. Pretty disappointing effort. Uh, and then Nashville, it didn't look like that game was going very well um, for most of the game. But, you know, I think we're at the point now with the Hurricanes where, you know, they have, they have great goaltending at times and star power to kind of carry them uh, to wins that maybe they don't deserve. And I don't think they really deserve the win uh, against the Predators. Um, but they got it. a big performance from Andrei Svechnikov in that win. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of good hockey stuff to talk about this week. And this is the Canes Country podcast where we're going to be talking about all the hockey that's been played over the past week with the Hurricanes. Uh, my name's Brett Finger, and I'm joined by Ryan Hankel. And Andrew Schnicker, uh, per usual. How are you guys doing? Uh, did you enjoy all the hockey this week and nothing else? I enjoyed the hockey this week. I enjoyed the the bounds of hockey we got this week. We got so much hockey this week. We got the exact amount of hockey this week that we were expecting entering the week. If anybody's been living under a rock for the past couple days, uh, the Hurricanes are obviously dealing with Something the whole country, something teams in other sports leagues, something the Dallas Stars have already dealt with in the NHL. Facing They're playing COVID like issues. horse shit. Oh. <laughs> Not this like time. The stars. Not okay. No, facing COVID issues. It came out after last Thursday's game on Friday that Jordan Stahl had been pe- placed on the NHL's COVID protocol list. I want to emphasize too to everybody that just because you see a player's name on the COVID protocol list does not necessarily mean they have symptoms or tested positive for COVID. There are a number of reasons they can be on the list, and that's just one of them. They could be a close contact. We have seen reports. I saw in an article from Sarah Sibian of The Athletic that Stahl did test positive in other reports. Um, you know, there were four other players after it came out that Thursday, Tuesday's game had been postponed, it came out that Jacob Slavin, Jordan Martinuk, Warren Fogel, and Tavo Teravainen had been added to the list. And I did see a report from Bridget Condon and ABC 11 that said the Hurricanes had had more positive tests. It came out yesterday that they are – that to, this Thursday, by the time you read it, the game that should have been last night, the home opener has been postponed – Saturdays has been postponed. Their next scheduled game is currently next Tuesday, but we are obviously awaiting further word on that. Um, We heard from Don Waddell and Rod Brindamore this morning. Waddell sounded half, I mean, obviously unsure. All of this is unsure, and they have to see how things go, but he sounded halfway optimistic that they might be able to get the training facility open this weekend to do some stuff and maybe get back to playing next week. So this is quite the development. Obviously, I think we all expected this would happen at some point. Uh, how could you not? Uh, if you've been paying attention, of course, you you know that this was a very real possibility. I don't know if anyone expected it to happen this soon, uh, this right away into the season. Uh, Jordan Stahl played one game. He goes on the COVID list. And at that point, I think most people are like, oh, no. Because obviously in this environment, 
one person gets it, you can imagine that this, I mean, this is a disease that spreads very easily and very quickly, as we've learned over the past 10 months, almost a year, uh, that it's been a serious pandemic uh, and that it has been in the United States in a serious form. Um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty, uh, unsurprising, but even still, you don't expect it to happen after one game that things start falling apart. Um, but that's exactly what has happened. And, you know, uh, they, in, in, I think Rod talked about it today. He said that, you know, they followed all the protocols to a T, but sometimes, I mean, there's just nothing you can do about it. And in the Hurricanes case, I mean, they, from what we understand, they did nothing wrong. They followed all the protocols. It just spread. And that's, that's just, it happened. We saw that the Washington Capitals uh, got a pretty heavy fine for not following the rules. And Ovechkin, Orlov, and Samsonov, I think, are going to miss at least four games after, yeah. after that. And, uh, you know, so the good thing for the Hurricanes is, they didn't get fined. They didn't get punished. They didn't do anything wrong. Um, but by this point, we know that this is dangerous and this is something that spreads quickly. And even if you follow all the protocols, you're still playing on the ice together. And, you know, it's still going to spread. If one person has it, you're in a lot of danger of, of spreading it and it getting much worse, which obviously happened here. Um Ryan, any any thoughts on on all of this shit that has gone down? I was just I took a second read and you reminded us it's been like a year now. And that really is crazy, right? It's it's almost it almost feels numb, you know? Like you're you're totally aware of everything that's been happening, but at the same time you feel numb to a lot of it still. And I think there's a lot of things happening. And yeah, it's just crazy. I I talked to a bunch of people during training camp just about how we didn't anticipate, like, I was talking to Mike Maniscalco about this. We just, we didn't anticipate all the, all 31 teams playing 56 games. We just didn't think it was possible. And, you know, but I, I saw it as like a down the road thing. You know, one or two players get it. Something happens. I didn't expect the Carolina Hurricanes to play three games and all of a sudden be postponing three games after five players are appear on the COVID list. You know, it's, it's pretty shocking because, you know, we talk about like, they did everything right, but these are only preventative measures. Like this isn't a foolproof plan. Nothing. We don't know much about the the virus one. And even you can do everything right and still get it as people have seen throughout the world. So it's crazy. Look at, you know, we can hope that this case is just like isolated enough that these players can hopefully recover quickly, you know, get back fully recovered and, you know, hopefully continue the season. And, you know, but it's just a waiting game to see, like, is this contained in the hurricane system? You know, how fast can the players get healthy? It's just a really big question mark right now for it all. Well, and one thing to note is that um, it was Tuesday night that we found out that uh, Martinuk, Slavin, Taravainen, and Fogel had joined Stahl on the COVID list, and it's updated every day. So Wednesday, the time we're recording this podcast on Thursday, we have not seen this t- today's list. It usually gets updated kind of in the early to mid evening. Like um, but yesterday there were new, new. Yeah. Yesterday there were no new hurricanes on the list. So that is good news. And hopefully maybe that means that 
you know, this it's kind of spread to where it's going to spread yet. And I've seen, you know, I've seen multiple examples. I, you know, my other site, I cover um, NC State sports and obviously college football and basketball have both had their issues with this. NC State football had a big outbreak, had to shut down for a bit right at the start of the season and missed their, had to postpone their first game. And then they didn't have to postpone another game the rest of the season. Hopefully the Hurricanes can be more like that as opposed to the men's basketball team, which has now had games postponed in two different stretches this year. But so, I mean, there are, you know, I think there's somewhat of an argument to be made that if this was going to happen, maybe it's a good thing for it to happen early on and just get through it and then hope that, you know, you're. I'm not not like obviously we know they've said and that, you know, obviously the league is satisfied they followed all the protocols and the hurricanes have done nothing wrong, but maybe, you know, if they go into this with even more respect and they, you know, go above and beyond, I know Waddell said he and Rod have been talking about, you know, even extra things that they could be doing. Um, So, you know, getting through it now and then maybe not having it again would be obviously the ideal scenario. It's crazy. I mean, you can do everything right, but it, it can still happen. And, and, you know, that's that's the danger of playing right now. And I think there's very clearly a, a moral argument to be had as to whether there should be games being played right now, um, obviously. Um, and at, at this point, it's like it, you hear about obvious. We, we talked about this before we start recording the rapid tests that have been implemented across many sports leagues that the NHL isn't funding for the teams right now. They're not funding testing at all. I don't think, I think that I saw a report on again from Bridget Condon today that the NHL isn't paying for any of the testing. It's just the teams themselves that are buying the PCR tests. Like that's, that's fucking crazy. Is it not? Yeah. Like this is like in like they're spending all this time talking about, Oh, we're doing this for the for the you know we got to make sure the players are safe. We got to make sure the people are safe. I mean, pr- prove it. You're saying these things, but your actions aren't really backing up what you're saying. And and these things happen, and it's just you would you would like to see more effort put in by the league, more money where it belongs, and to make sure that these things can actually happen and happen safely. The NHL seems to care more about, you know, concussion protocol than COVID protocol, you know, which is the craziest thing to think about because, because we all we know, know where they the stand on those. Yeah, the concussion protocol isn't necessarily uh, robust. Um, but yeah, I mean, it seems like that system is more sturdy than the COVID one. And this is coming from us, to be clear, like Rod Brindamore and Don Waddell both said this morning that like that they yes, think that the yeah. league is doing the best they can. And of course... I don't want to say like, of course, they're just spitting the company line. Like, I'm sure that they feel that way. But from an outsider's perspective, it it seems like more could be being done. Now, Waddell did say that the Hurricanes have bought uh, rapid test machines that are at PNC Arena now to be used like for officials and other office personnel that are coming in and that they'll have to use it when they come out of their quarantine. But he's not sure beyond that how it'll be used. But like, my question is, if if you're using, you're not doing rapid tests. So then you have situations like, you know, like I just mentioned in this, in the story from Sarah that 
apparently if Stahl tested on if Jordan Stahl tested on Thursday and he was positive, but he was able to play because his test didn't come back until the next day. Like, so we're just going to have guys like get tested one day and then play in a game before we know if they're positive until the next day. I mean, that's going to be a disaster. You're going to have guys who are should not be playing, but you don't know because you haven't gotten the test back. I mean, like, what are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. And I think you said this, but to be clear, I'm not ripping the hurricanes. Obviously they're doing all they can right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm ripping the league. I'm, you know, I, it feels like it should not be on the hurricanes. It should be on it the should, league. It should be on the league who who's having this season being done. Um, and it feels like they're skipping a lot of steps that other leagues have not been skipping. Um, and if they're going to have this season where, you know, there's no bubble and they're doing this like a normal season as close to at least as close to as it can be. And they're having fans in the stands in some arenas, including Dallas, where they had 17 17 positive tests before the season and had their season delayed by a week. And then the first night they play, there are fans in the stands. Um, It's just, it's, it's kind of insane. Uh, And it's, I'm wondering here, what is the league thinking? And, Obviously, these are things that need to be addressed moving forward. It's impossible to think that these things weren't considered before the season started. It's impossible that they didn't think about this um, because they are they are not the first league to start a season. Uh, the NFL played a full season. They did not have a, a lot of uh, success at times. Um, but these are things that they need to learn from and apply to their own league. You watch like the NFL and NBA, even them, like they would have players pull it before games, like for inconclusive testing, not even testing yeah. positive. They've like the test didn't come back. So we're going to pull them from the game, not let them play until we we know for sure. And, you know, you think something like that would be a tremendous help for a contact based sport like hockey. Well, the Denver Broncos played a game with a <laughs> wide receiver playing quarterback <laughs> because they're. I think one quarterback got tested and all the rest of them were exposed. Now that was their fault because apparently the quarterbacks were in the room, not wearing masks. But like, I mean, that's the other thing with like this contact tracing stuff, you know, Dom Waddell told me today that they have, or told us, told the whole media that they have a contact tracer who is monitoring um, here. Let me look at exactly what I have it. Yeah, that they're basically anytime there's any kind of COVID notice, they do contract tracing. They see where the players have been, how much time they spent with other players, and there's reports that have to be filled out. But my thing is like, you know, going back to the covering the college sports, when guys would have to miss time, or like when these college teams are having a bunch of games postponed, what the coaches have said a lot of the time, at least NC State's coaches, and I've heard of other coaches too, when you have a bunch of guys who have to miss time, it's not necessarily because they all tested positive. It's maybe one guy tested positive and then you've got a whole slew of others that are out for contact tracing. And I'm just like, I'm not saying that necessarily that the NHL's contact tracing is bad, but I'm just curious how like you can have a player on a team test positive and nobody else has to come out for contact tracing along with that person. Like that doesn't add up to me. There were games that were played as well as there I were games to. that 
off the top. So the Detroit game. So after opening night, the news came down that obviously Jordan Stahl had tested positive. So he did not play against Detroit. Morgan Geeky entered the lineup and played, and the Hurricanes laid a bit of an egg. They did not play well in Detroit on the second part of that opening set. Um, this, this feels like it was like a month ago. I, I barely remember, after all this stuff that happened over the past week, I, I, I don't remember much from this game at this point. Um, Andre Sveshnikov scored. We know that. We, we, he <laughs> scored again after we talked glowingly about him on the podcast last week. And um, we, you know, we're very supportive of his performance in the opening night game. He scored again, which is good. Um, but yeah, that game in Detroit was a letdown. Then they went to Nashville and it was a bit of a letdown as well. Um, they, they didn't look yeah. great, but they still, they, A, because of James Reimer had a fantastic first start of the year. And Andrei Sveshnikov scored again, and he had a, a big game as well. Um, thoughts on the the comeback uh, effort of sorts to uh, come back after the loss and win in Nashville? Well, like you said, it was not a good start. And that kind of surprised me a little bit coming af- off the game in Detroit that the players weren't happy about, Rod Brindamore wasn't happy about. You know, I heard from them. Or, and Brad, I think you were there too that morning talking about how the game in Detroit wasn't their game and they knew what they needed to do. And then it was like, for the first part of it, at least, or a good chunk of the first part of it, it was relatively the same. It was sloppy, not really getting much going in terms of an offense. And then they finally, first of all, I mean, James Reimer kept them in, in the game. They could have been buried if not for him. And then they get a power play. And again, Andre Svechnikov with the big shot on the power play this one this goal counts for him the one in Detroit was credited to Vincent Trocek kind of sparked them they did similar to the one in goal in Detroit give up a goal right after that but then they came out in the third period and I thought we're really good I thought Vincent you know that goal from Vincent Trocek gives them the lead that they don't give back Aho also on a the good shot. Play from, really good shot from Trocek yeah it was a phenomenal shot off the rush the Aho goal off the great pass from Svechnikov. So it was, it was kind of like you said, they got, they didn't play a great game. They maybe didn't have an overall effort that deserved to win, but it was one, you know, that you talk about best players have to be your best players. And for the Hurricanes, they were. Those guys made plays when it mattered, and James Reimer kept them in the game. And I mean, especially in a condensed schedule like this, and what's about to get even more condensed whenever the Hurricanes do come back to play. You're going to need that because you're going to have nights where you don't have it, where you're tired because you're playing all these games in a short amount of time and you're not really practicing like Rod Brindamore alluded to after that game. Uh, you're going to need your big, you know, star players who are out there to do that, to make plays, and you're going to need your goalies to still games. So you would like to see the Hurricanes get to more of, quote unquote, their game, but it is encouraging to see that they're, you know, they have the ability to win a game like that too. Man, when's the last time you, you know, you you thought about Carolina Hurricane season and you had goaltending and star power really leading you to wins? That you didn't deserve. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Usually they're on the other end of that. It's a crazy new era. It's a much more fun era of Carolina Hurricanes hockey. Yeah. I mean, you know, you see, because even in the first two games, Morazic was really good. Even in the loss, he kept a minute for a while. 
Um, so yeah, the goaltending's been good. Uh, I think Sveshnikov has has had some good moments and bad moments, uh, but he has been he's been even when he's not playing totally as well as we're normally used to seeing him play, he is producing and scoring big goals, and that's what stars do. Even when they're not playing, they show up and they make big plays and big moments, uh, which is great. I think Sebastian Ajo has looked really good. I think that um, I think that Jake Gardner has looked really good on the uh, on the third pair. There it is. Uh, broke right up a there. goal, two one game against Nashville. Breaks up a sure thing backdoor goal. Springs the rush the other way. Leads to Ajo's goal to go up three one instead of being tied two two. Oh man, Jake Gardner, absolutely flying out there, huh? Can I get these look really good? Amen. I think um I think Vincent Trocheck is a guy too who's looked good. He's got two goals. He's actually um I was looking coming out of Monday's game. He was seventh in the league in shots on goal through the three games that they had played, and um you know he's scored a couple really big goals in the third period for them. And that's important because I think Vince, you know, what the Hurricanes wanted from Vincent Trocek was to have that other top six type center who could score some, take some of the burden off the top line, let Jordan Stahl just kind of do his thing as more of a checking center. And I think getting that more of like the way he was in Florida a couple of years ago before the injuries level of Vincent Trocek makes the Hurricanes forward group overall just so much more dangerous. Yeah, and that first line has looked good. Nino's looked really good. He's been keeping up with yes. uh, Ajo and, and Tavo, and they've they've looked really solid. They've been very positive possession players so far, and if that continues to work, then obviously Trocek playing with Svechnikov and and uh, anchoring a second line would be would be pretty big. So there, there's there's a lot of good. Uh, Dougie Hamilton's shot on goal streak came to an end, unfortunately, in Nashville. Um, what was that? Two hundred and fifty-eight or something? Two. It was like two ninety-six, I think. Was it? Oh, I'm shortchanging him. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I blasphemed Andre Svechnikov last week, and now I'm blaspheming Dougie's shot on goal streak. It was so it was two ninety something. It was almost 296. 296. Wow. I'm sorry. You know, Brett, I'll, I'll, I'll publicly apologize. You know, but actually, I'll hop on. I'll hop onto this one. I I think Dougie Hamilton's kind of been a little quiet. Oh, wow. As of like these first three games. I mean, for somebody who is being touted as like who should have won and had been in Norse contention last year, and, you know, for someone else who's like looking for like an eight million plus dollar contract coming up, this is a contract year. He's had a kind of a quiet start to the season. I, I would kind of like to see more from him. You know, he's had two power play assists is like the only points he has so far. And like uh, they're like, you know, I haven't been like huge. And I, he's kind of had like, I think he's been quiet. He hasn't been bad by any stretch. But I think he's been quiet for the kind of play you're expecting at this point. Small sample size, start of the season. It's all that. <laughs> But I, I would like to see more of Doug Hamilton currently. He's a game breaker. He hasn't broken yeah. a game. Yeah. Yeah. Good points. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna add on to it because when when he starts scoring, it's gonna be on you. And it'll be on me this time. I'll take be the on, it'll be on Ryan this time. 
when Dougie inevitably scores two goals. Dougie, it's nothing. It's nothing personal, man. I'm just assessing the first when, two games. I, I know what you're capable of, buddy. Hey, we we know Dougie and Svechnikov are good friends, and we know obviously from his um, performances after last week's podcast that Andrei Svechnikov listens to this podcast. So it would stand yeah. to reason that he would share this podcast with his good friend Dougie Hamilton, and he would also listen. I would assume they FaceTime each other in the hotel rooms. You know, they both talk about the podcast, you know, as all of you should be doing, all yeah. listeners. Make sure you share the podcast, you know, rate it. Please follow, subscribe, rate on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can listen to the Canes Country Podcast. And uh, you can be like Andre Svechnikov and Dougie Hamilton. And they definitely listen to the podcast. And there's no other explanation for it, actually. It's impossible when you think about it um critical thinking is what i'm asking of you to do it's impossible for andre svechnikov to score a goal the day after we said that he didn't play well unless he was listening to the podcast facts only here facts only i'll go past dougie a little bit too like i think the canes just haven't been good defensively like as a unit in their own zone especially they've Clearing pucks has been such a problem for them. They like just kind of like bat it around in their own zone and like they give like a weak clear that gets trapped at the top. So bad. And then it's so bad. <laughs> it, it's been really rough in their own zone, which is a lot of the, why Mrazek and Reimer have been such huge for them in these first three games. You know, you look at like the loss Mrazek took. You, he only had 17 saves, led in like three goals. One was an empty net. And you're like, oh, that's not a great stat line. The amount he's faced like six high danger chances. He had three rush away attempts. He stopped. There's, you have to take into account the quality of shots he was facing, and he was getting left out to dry a lot by the defense. The defense is just, and it's just something you expect from the Hurricanes to be good, strong defensively, and it, especially with a Rod Brenmore coach team. So it's been kind of like weird seeing that you're like, mm, they're they're not comfortable really right now. Yeah. Also, the fourth line has been absolutely awful. I will go on, on a limb and say that um, they have been terrible. The the McGinn, Martinuk, um, Dezingle, then McGinn, Geeky, Dezingle, or whatever the hell they were running out there, that has been bad. That has been really bad. Um, yeah. So that uh, Dezingle got a goal. He, he has one shot this year. It went in, and I like his odds. Of that staying that way because I'm not sure he's going to get another shot on goal the rest of the season. Um, it was based on, on the, that line. It wasn't play. even with that. It wasn't yeah. even with that line, though, wasn't it? It was on the second power play unit. Was it? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a power play. Detroit game. All right, so two. yeah, so he's definitely not going to. That's Jake right. Hart. That's right. Actually, yeah, because yeah. I, I was looking at it. He's been on the ice for zero five on five goals, so that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been, that's not been good. Um, Shay and face-offs. Uh, face-offs. Okay, we can go face-offs first. Face-offs, not good. Bad. <laughs> well, you know, you lose Jordan Stahl, your best face-off guy, and all of a sudden you have bad face-offs. Who'd have guessed? Yeah, that's crazy. But it's not just bad. It's terrible right now. It was what? It was embarrassing. <laughs> they, they, like, it, was, it really got to the point where they, shouldn't have, they just should not have had face-offs because that would be, that's too much of a COVID risk at that point because we know the result. Uh, we don't need two guys getting right next to each other, right up in each other's faces. This is a COVID protocol issue. Just give the other team the puck because there's literally no way the Hurricanes are going to win the faceoff. Was, I thought it was funny how 
Ryan asked Rod Brindamore after the game basically something along the lines of, you know, is the whole face-off thing troubling or is it just like being without Jordan Stahl? And Rod goes, Rod is like, well, obviously it's troubling, but that's why we're losing face-offs. <laughs> basically, he, like, he was like, at least he's like admitting, like knowing like, okay, yeah, we don't have Jordan Stahl. We are not going to win face-offs. I like yeah. the bluntness of it. Yeah. Which might be something you want to... Um, address because you have players that you probably want on the ice more than Jordan Stahl for a lot of other reasons that you know it might not be the worst thing in the world to see if a coach who was one of the best face-off players in the NHL when he played could help Sebastian Ajo and Vincent Trocek win more face-offs reminds me of the old San Jose Sharks Joe Thornton overtime use they would use Joe Thornton or like it, the Anaheim Ducks do it too. Ryan gets left. They start overtime. They do that with Jordan win too. The face off and they, 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 they yeah. literally do that yeah. with Jordan. They literally. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he takes the opening face the opening off draw, and they, they straight to the bench. They he wins the opening face off and they tell him to get the hell off the ice like instantly. Oh yeah, like, I remember it's, now. It's like yeah, I remember two now. second shifts. It's great. Well, Brendan Moore does that. Bill Peters would just leave Jordan Stahl out there for overtime with two def- with you two know, Derek Ryan, Derek Ryan out there, baby. Jordan Stahl, Ron Hainsey, and you no know, Matt Tennyson or some shit like that. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> John Michael Lyles, Ron Hainsey. There we go. Mike Komisarek, I'm sure, snuck his way out there for a few. Speaking of defensemen, Brett, I believe you had another point on Hurricane defensemen. Yeah, I did. Uh, so uh, Shea and Pesci, huh? Those two are a wild ride. I mean, they yes. are... Uh, you look at the expected goals, and their expected goals is way higher than everyone else's. But the expected goals against are also way higher than everyone else's. Like their like their on ice expected goals per sixty is like three point seven goals for, and then like three point four goals against. And it's just it's. And when I looked at it, I was like, "What am I expecting to see when I look at these stats?" And I'm thinking about it, I'm like. This has been like this pairing is just it's they're just all over the damn place. Like it feels like they're always like I feel like multiple times this year, like both of them have been below the goal line for some reason on the offensive side of the ice. And then it it's just it's crazy. And yeah. the numbers backed up what I thought was the case. They they are a wild pairing. And you know, the Slave and Hamilton pairing Hamilton hasn't been, you know, a big game breaker so far, like we talked about, but they've been very good, uh, limiting quality shot attempts. They've, you know, they've been sound defensively, um, and Fleury and Gardner have also been good, uh, and they haven't been allowing that many big scoring chances. So, like Fleury and Gardner are kind of what you want Shea and Pesci to be right now in terms of like all around solid good with like the one puck mover and the one like shutdown guy. Sure. Yeah. And you know, it, Gardner and flurry get the benefit of not playing uh top opponents. They're, they're mainly facing yeah. third line guys right now. And that certainly helps, but they've looked good. And I think, I think I saw in the usage that Pesci and Shea are seeing more against top opponents than Slavin and Hamilton and obviously they've been on the road so they don't get last change so that's part of it um 
but yeah, they've been they've been seeing a lot of really tough opponents, and they have not looked good defensively. Yeah, but that um, I mean, you talk about that Gardner flurry against third liners. You know, that's those are two guys that could probably be playing in the top four in a lot of teams. So I think that's those two against bottom six players is kind of a mismatch, and it's one I think the Hurricanes can exploit. Yeah, and and both of them have looked pretty good. Um, and yeah, I mean we're we're judging all this off of three games, and they haven't played in like five days, and they're not going to play for another five days. So, um, yeah, so take all are, this with massive grain of salt. Yeah, yeah, we're we're not like we're everything we're saying. We're also saying with that same grain of salt because of the sample sizes and all that. We're just yeah. stating what we have observed. You know? Yes, this except is for when Ryan said that once. Dougie Hamilton is bad. He said that. I can't believe he said that. <laughs> I can't believe I said that verbatim. If you rewind, that. those exact words yeah. I used. <laughs> yeah, If don't rewind. Just take my word for it. Trust take me. Take Brett's word for it. Do Trust not me. rewind. I would not lie to you. I would never do that. So I think, I think that pretty much covers it. Is there anything around the league that, that has interested you? Uh, or that has piqued you guys' interest. I think I was looking at um, teams that are still undefeated. I think Tampa's still undefeated. Vegas is still undefeated. I think Florida. But they got the delay because they didn't. Because They were supposed to play Dallas, too. Yeah, and then they but... played the Blackhawks. Yeah. If, yeah. Being undefeated if you've only played the Blackhawks. <laughs> it's like the Chicago Bears when they were like 5-0. and Or like the Pittsburgh Steelers when they were 11-0 and somehow. Yeah. Remember that? Uh, at least that I one was I a did. little believable. I could believe that the Pittsburgh Steelers went 11 and 0. I could not believe the Worst Chicago, 11 the Chicago team Bears. Worst 11 all time. I'll they weren't 11 and like the Steelers were like a good solid playoff team. They weren't like a holy shit are they going to run away with the one seed team, which they didn't. My beloved Kansas City Chiefs ended up capturing the one seed, but they um, did. Yeah, rough um rough last Sunday for me, but it worked out in the end and it looks like uh Patrick Mahomes is on track to make a triumphant return this week so yeah all good can, in the world can we talk about your backup quarterback for a few minutes before we leave um chad henny i'm always down to talk about chad um, I, was about to say, I think andrew's more any, than willing anything yeah. is possible when you're talking about chad yeah yeah of course <laughs> um he's got all of it prepared the emotional roller coaster that i went as someone who had no stake in the game when chad henny was running for that first down on third and long uh at first i thought he got it I was like, "Oh my God, what just happened?" Like, I could not believe it. Uh, yeah, and then was... they marked him short. And I was like, "What?" And I was like, "Oh man, that's crazy." So now the Browns get the ball back and they get a chance. And then they go up to the line. I'm like, "This is just this is a show. This is nothing." And Andy Reid, man, I mean, he has a ring, and now he's like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say, fuck it. We're gonna go for it with Chad Henney on fourth down when no one's yeah. expecting it." We're throwing, baby. Remember when the narrative for Andy Reid was that he was too conservative? Hey, man. I mean, that was the opposite conservative. Well, that's what well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's got, and I think what you're saying has he something to do with it. He was Bernie Sanders like he with ha- that fucking play call. <laughs> he has his ring, so he, he's not like all like, "Am I ever going to win?" Like, I've got to make it. Now it's kind of just like, "Let's go get more." Like, let's do what we can. And so he lined up in the shotgun with Chad Henney on fourth down, fourth and inches, and threw the football. Yeah. Whenever I watch Kansas City Chiefs games, I just like to imagine what Andrew is, like, reacting to. 
when like, I was like, I was like, how is that not a first down? I just imagine I'm like thinking, all right, Andrew's probably raging really hard right now. Maybe threw something, and no, then I imagine like, he threw the ball. I'm a I'm a good bit like calmer now than I used. Like I still get like that, and I'm sure I will be like in this game specifically. But like, I'm I'm a good bit calmer than I used to be now that that whole like, oh my god, are they ever gonna win a Super Bowl in my lifetime thing is kind of you know, they did. So, you know, we'll see how I am this week. And if they win that game, you know, if they make it back to the Super Bowl. But yeah, no, it's, it's, it's definitely a different experience for me now watching the games that they have, that they did win last year. Yeah. I mean, everybody make it to the Super Bowl, but like the Packers are winning it. I don't see anyone beating them. Wow, Aaron Rodgers has been on another has been on another level. Like, he's like, playing like a man whose team drafted Jordan Love in the first round. Everyone was like, "Yo, Breeze and Brady, who's gonna win? Who's gonna win the matchup between Breeze and Brady?" And I'm like, "It don't matter who advances, because because Aaron Rodgers." By the way, thank God. Him. I'm sorry. Thank God, Drew Brees didn't win that game. I can't watch him play quarterback anymore. I just can't. I he's playing well. Did you see the injury was, list? I'm oh, sick yeah, of it. When that came out. It was like, dude, retire while you can still like walk, dude. And, and even so, like, I'm sick of watching him drop back every play and throw it five inches to Michael Thomas. I'm just I'm sick Panthers of it. Fan I'm on, sick of on, it. I'm Mike. done. I'm done with it. I've or seen Alvin Kamara. Just or, check or down whoever, Kamara whoever. It doesn't matter. Like, He's break 87 tackles and somehow Drew Brees gets credited with a deep, deep you pass. You can't show me Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen and then give me Drew Brees, who is a statue in the backfield, and he throws it four inches every time. I can't. I'm exactly. done with it. I'm, enough. Enough. I, I can't well, watch it anymore. As a Panthers fan, I'm forced to watch it twice a year. I can't do it anymore. And they always win. Somehow. Luckily Sorry, for the Salty uh, Panthers fan, I believe Breeze is retiring. Yeah. Sorry, guys. This last segment of this podcast has actually been our audition for the SB Nation uh, NFL team brands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 absurd. Yeah, let me go get my Jets hat on. Hold up. Yeah. Well, um, that's not what we want. Yeah. Um, uh, what's his first name? Sala. What's his first name? Robert, I think. Robert Sala, yeah. The 49ers defensive coordinator, the coordinator. is the Jets head coach. Jets yeah. head coach now. I'm a little – I'm always a little bit skeptical nowadays of hiring defensive coordinators as your head coach just because it's such an offense and pa- passing offense especially driven league. But, I mean, you look at the 49ers defense the past couple of years, I mean, it's been great. So, I mean, we'll see how that works out for them. Anything's better than Adam Gase. Let's be real. Talk about like the polar opposite between Adam Gase and Robert Sala. I mean, my God, Adam Gase. I, well, Adam very, Gase is always. There's no life. Like he he's he's a he's a dead man walking around all the time, and Robert Sala is like in your face and like I don't know. If my team hired him as a head coach, I'd be excited. I'd be like, hell yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Well, and plus Adam he's Gase, the first Muslim head coach, which is great. That is awesome, yeah. and Adam. I mean, Adam Gase just, like, walks into a room and is like, hey, I know Peyton Manning, and then people hire him. Yeah, did you see I'm yeah, a like, QB whisperer. Adam Gase definitely was the reason Peyton Manning had success in Denver, yeah. baby. You see yeah. how good Tannehill was when he was with me and how he fell off after he left me, huh? That's how that <laughs> went. Um, 
Didn't wide eyed to steal there. Marcus Mariota's job. Yeah. Let's see the Panthers. The, the Panthers got a got a GM Scott Fitterer from the from the Seattle Seahawks. Very Hope important. He's a good fit. Yeah. So the, the, that's exciting. Trade for Deshaun Watson. I was about to say yeah, Deshaun Watson Deshaun Watson. Carolina. He's definitely coming, Brett. Well, the thing I see people debating like, oh, I don't know if I want to give up Christian McCaffrey and Crazy two people. first round picks for Deshaun Watson. Like, I understand McCaffrey is awesome, but at the end of the day, a running back only moves the needle so much. You're talking about a current, for my money, top five quarterback in the NFL who is barely entering his prime available in a trade. Like, that just straight up doesn't happen. All right, here I am. I'm back. I, I'm holding my Christian McCaffrey jersey. Trade him for Watson. Do it. <laughs> I don't care. Do it. It's Deshaun Watson. Are you insane? Are you people insane? You don't want to trade a running back for Deshaun Watson? Are you crazy? What's wrong with you? Yeah, and especially the things that they do with running backs. They have like only a, they have such a limited shelf life, you know? Yes. They, they only have so many snaps and so many hits. And he's a Panthers franchise given... quarterback, and he's 25. Yes. And he, the thing is, like, he's he was amazing. Like, he was I like, thought Mike Davis was pretty good. Texas oh, yeah, Mike team. Davis, franchise quarterback, too. Very good. No, I'm not saying, like, as, like, filling in. For yeah, I mean, yeah, Mike Davis is good. I was just kidding. That's exactly my point, though. Like, if you have a good offense and a good scheme, like, you can plug in a half-decent running back, and they can do what you need them to do. Because, like, Deshaun – Coming off a season on a terrible Texans team that decided to trade away Deshaun Watson, he led the league in passing yards. Hopkins. He was – or trade away to Yonder Hopkins. Yeah, he led the league in passing yards. He was top five in completion percentage, and I believe he threw 33 touchdown passes to seven interceptions. Like, that's an MVP conversation type year if he's on a half-decent team. He literally had no one. The, he had no one to pass to. Hey, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson. Hello. I mean, I like it. I like the connection. No, that would be fun. Like, I don't really do much, like, with the Panthers, but I would definitely, like, pay attention to them if they got Deshaun Watson. That would be cool. Yeah. I, I would say I don't watch Panthers games, but being as in Lucky I'm you. in the region where they always are played, I, I do end up watching a lot of Panthers games. The Panthers are terrible to watch, and they have yeah. been. For a few years now, I'm never I'm never a big fan of having to turn on that game, but I really don't usually have an option to region blackouts. Yeah, that's why you get Sunday ticket. Does Sunday ticket have no blackouts? No, you yeah you can't watch like whatever games on locally, but other than but like that's gonna be like one or two games yeah. in each time window, and so then like for me, oh it's funny I got it like this year I think I maybe used it to watch the Chiefs like three or four times just because they were either on in this region because they played both the Panthers and the Falcons are just on national TV so much. But in years past, it's definitely been a good investment for me. Nice. And if you're a college, if you are a college student or you have access to the EDU email and other information of someone who is a college student, you can get it for the season for a hundred bucks, just as like the streaming package without using, without having direct TV. That's a good deal. Um, yeah, so I think I think that's it. Uh, did, did we cover everything? We I covered got, everything. Covered some football. Mm -hmm. I got passionate about Deshaun Watson. 
As you should. Um, for the love of God, get him. Give up three first-round picks. Give up McCaffrey. Give up whatever the f- fuck you need to give up. He's so good. Um, so there it is. Are you all? Oh, wait, uh, hold up. Uh, obligatory Star Wars reference. Let's just say, um, you know, Deshaun Watson on the Panthers could be a fully operational battle station. Yeah. You Anyways, know. now now we've covered you, everything this podcast yeah, is meant you, to cover. You yep, use you used that line last week about the the Ottawa Senators on Star Wars night last season or two seasons ago. Something right, we do not need to go back yeah, to. All right, Jake Gardner is a rogue one. Uh, let's see. Reruns, let's keep rehashing. Reruns. These. Reruns. Um, what other funny they things? These, we might need them. Uh, I remember that one time I like, completely ignored what you were saying and I went on to a different topic about uh, the Central Division. That was funny. Oh, so, yes, he asked about the... <laughs> Brett, asked you... Brett totally set you up to talk about the Hurricanes World <laughs> Juniors process. It was the greatest prospects, sign. And you were is... like, screw them. I want to talk about these <laughs> I said, Central I said listen, how about these flimsy picks? It's... It was the greatest show of disrespect that's ever happened on this podcast, I think. Uh, let's see what else. Whatever. Else. Maybe Andre Svechnikov. Behind Andre Svechnikov. And, by, and, well, behind, that, and, and that's behind about, Dougie Hamilton. No. I about Dougie Hamilton. All there right. you go. Um, so, yeah, I think that's all we got. Thank you for listening this week. Uh, this is fun after we got all the negative, uh, unfortunate news out of the way. Um, please follow and subscribe to the Canes Country Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Revate, re- review, rate, um, get a rebate. Uh, and do all of that wherever you listen. Uh, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. We always appreciate your support. You can follow me on Twitter at Brett Finger. Andrew, where can the people follow you on Twitter and only Twitter? At A-S-C-H-N-I-T-T-5-3. And Ryan. At R-O-I-A-N-H-E-N-K-E-L underscore. Very good. Uh, follow on Instagram at Canes Country Picks, P-I-X. KD is wonderful. Um... And that's all we got. Read the site. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly get some more updates on what the hell is going on over the next few days. Uh, but until then, stay safe, wear a mask, and enjoy the hockey that is being played by teams that aren't the Hurricanes. Goodbye.